Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Crossroads Church, those on person and online. Thanks for joining us. Um, you know, uh, what Jason said this morning, should have texted me to wear my Hawaiian shirt. You can always wear a Hawaiian shirt any day you want to. Um, please feel comfortable. Again, um, you know, people always ask me, sometimes we're asked at Newcomer's Lunch, why do we do church the way we do? And this is just soon to hear. Um, in my Irish culture, I'm from Northern Ireland, in case you don't know that. Uh, my wife is Filipino, uh, Filipino-American, and so in the Irish culture and also the Filipino culture, it's not a wrong thing or a right thing, it's just the culture in, in my home. If you come to my mom's home in Ireland, we don't have a formal room, it's just the family room. In fact, she calls it the family house. So if you're invited into our house and you come into our home and you come inside of our home, my mom will do this, there's the fridge, there's the bathroom, and there's the spare room if you need a nap. You're now familiar. Taklak in Gaelic. You're now family. And so for us, our churches, I want you to be relaxed. I want you to feel safe. I want you to feel included. I'm not trying to change you. I just want to point you to a guy who wants to, who wants to transform and engage in your life in a way that will literally be a 24-7, not an hour and a half or whatever it would be on a Sunday morning or a Saturday night or a Sunday night or whatever it would be. And all that stuff's wonderful. But when you wake up in the morning, he's right there. And you go to bed at night. He's right there. When things go haywire and go wrong, he's right there. When you're having a really good day and you're enjoying him, he's right there. It's not about checking the box. It's not about going somewhere. It's important to come together because he tells that. It's about being with. So this morning, I just want to encourage you as we walk into another part of our series of, of Monday morning crossroads that you'd be encouraged this morning. My name's Rob in case we haven't met. It's a real privilege and honor to share with you today, and hopefully you'll be encouraged by where we go today. As we start today's message, so do me a favor. Here's something that I'd love you to think about as we walk through this morning's message. It says this, the message that our life gives off matters to someone somewhere as it did for you, as it did for me at one time. Your message matters to someone somewhere. It does. Um, I, I love the fact that people can come here. And in fact, I met a friend this morning. He's like, I'm a new person. I'm like, welcome. I hope you'll be encouraged by being here. I hope you get something out of it. Why? Because someone's message mattered outside of here to a point that they wanted to maybe come here, to a point that they maybe wanted to risk this church Jesus thing. Because a lot of people have had bad experiences. I mean, they have. They've had people who, who condemn them for being broken. Or they kind of hold it, you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to do that. That has nothing to do with Christianity. That's religion. Jesus will never make you do anything. My most favorite verse that Andrea will probably put in my coffee can when I go to be with Jesus because she's going to burn me or whatever they call that, cremate. That's the correct word for it, okay? It will be this. His loving kindness leads us to repentance. That is my faith 24-7. Jesus had never twisted my arm. He's never made me do anything ever. He's always invited me to allow him to change him. And so when you think about your message matters to somebody somewhere, this next 60-second video clip is a little bit heavy. And if it's too heavy, come see me afterwards, and I'll apologize for the best I can. But this is real life because it happens every day. And we just try and push it away and say, it'll never happen to me. But it happened to this guy. His name is Kobe Bryant. Anybody know who Kobe Bryant is? Yeah, he's a famous football player. Like, all the basketball players, no. Yes. That wasn't me. Okay. But famous, famous basketball player who, whose life ended really, really quickly. Some would say 
in the prime of his life. But I want you to answer the question of thinking your message matters to somebody somewhere in reference to watching this 60-second video. Thank you, guys. Turn it up. church isn't meant to be that heavy. Well, next year, Andrea and I'll be married for 30 years. Um, thank you. Thank you. Uh, but on that 30-year anniversary, 22 days later, my father will have passed away 30 years ago. 22 days after we got married, they went to be with Jesus. Gave his life to Jesus 14 months before. I watched him walk through a 14-month period dealing with cancer. Fell passionate in love with Andrea. Just to write letters between one another. Came to our wedding in America because he wanted to come. The doctor said, if you go to America, you're going to die. Mom called me. Hey, son. Yes, mom. Your dad wants to come to your wedding. Yeah, of course. But son, the doctor said, he may not make it to America, but he probably won't make it back. I said, mom, if it's the last thing he does in his life, just come to watch me marry the hottest, sexiest Filipino chick, babe, daughter-in-law that he has. Thank you. Then let him. And my mom said, son, I'm so glad. I wouldn't take that privilege away from him. So he came to America, went to the wedding, fell really ill when we were on honeymoon. We went on honeymoon for three days and came back because... Not because my dad was sick, because all of our friends had come from England and Ireland, and Andrea wanted to be there for them. And so we spent two weeks in Reno and Tahoe with them, and then kind of Andrea moved her whole world to, to England um, two weeks later in that ballpark, we weeks later. But we came back because we wanted to be with them, but, but while we were gone, my dad nearly passed away in the hospital. And my mom refused to call me. Let Andrea and Rob have their honeymoon. And if Hugh passes away, my dad's name, then the most joyable thing you got to do was watch Robert and Andrea get married. What if you had one more day left? Who would you call? Who would you talk to? What would you say? If you had six weeks left, who would you call? Who would you talk to? What would you say? If you had six months left, who would you talk to? Who would you call? What would you say? Because here's the thing. When we know what's happening tomorrow, it changes everything today. So your message really matters to somebody somewhere. If you claim to be a believer, and I say claim because I'm not going to judge you. You don't answer to me, you answer to him. But being a believer is being born again by the Spirit of the living God. I've accepted the gift that he gave us for the forgiveness of our sins because he paid a price I could not pay. And he died on a cross so that I wouldn't have to, as it were. 
Yes, I'm in a process of sanctification. He justified me by his sacrifice. But we're in a process of sanctification, of becoming more and more like him and representing him. So your message matters to somebody somewhere for some reason. What was said last week? The message is for the one delivering it first. Amen. That my message has to matter more so than on a Sunday morning on a Monday morning. Our life message, my life's message really matters. Why? Because tomorrow is not promised to anybody. Proverbs 27 one says, don't brashly announce what you're going to do tomorrow. You don't know the first thing about tomorrow. <laughs> Yet we do. And I mean this sincerely. Please forgive me. Cross a line. Please come to me. I don't ever mean to be disrespectful. Remember a few years ago, I was playing golf on the men's league on Hill Air Force Base on a Tuesday night men's league. I got to play with a gentleman for years and just one of the nicest guys in the world. He did 22 years in the Air Force. Thank you for all those that serve in our military. Thank you for the freedom that you've generated for all of us. We just don't say thank you enough to all of you. And I mean that sincerely. We don't. We don't stop our military in the street and say thank you. When you see a hat that says retire or whatever, say thank you. Because we get to do this without worrying about anybody coming through the door. We all laugh about that, but that's absolutely the truth. I can take you to countries. You can't do this. You can't make a sound. And if you do, you get locked up for years simply because you worshiped God or you talked about him publicly. And our men and women, our Air Force, our, our military create a freedom for us to express ourselves this way. So I was playing golf with him on Tuesday night and he did 22 years in the Air Force. He'd done 22 years or whatever it was in the civil service. And I was like, dude. And he was getting ready to retire and he retired. His wife and him had planned like the six-week, eight-week world cruise with the best, you know, cruise line in the world, whatever that one is. I, I've never been on that boat. But anyway, whatever boat that is. And uh, he was all telling me about it. They're all excited and stuff. And it was amazing. And uh, he retired and they celebrated him. And off he went. And they were heading off on their cruise. And then a few weeks later, whatever, a month or so later, whatever it was, I kind of bumped into one of his friends. And he said, hey, Rob, do you hear what happened? I said, no, what's up? He said, uh, his name was Brian. He said, uh, Brian's dead. Excuse me? Because, yeah, Brian's dead. I said, what happened? Day one of the cruise, had a heart attack at breakfast and died. So we all live for retirement, and there's nothing wrong with planning for it. But please, for God's sake, don't live for retirement. Live for now. Plan for retirement. But live as if Jesus is alive and effective today for all of us. See, Jesus so desires the gospel message to be lived out through our lives, and it gets spilled out way beyond these walls, this place of celebration. Yeah, this is a great experience. I hope you're encouraged. I mean, our worship teams do their very best to bless you and, and usher you and invite you to come into a place of experience and worship, and we get to love one another and care for one another and give away to somebody else rather than keeping it all for ourselves by just shaking someone's hand is mind-blowing. See, we gather to encourage, support, and celebrate what Dad is doing in his kids' lives. But Jesus has an incredible passion for us to embrace the bigger idea. We're empowered by the Holy Spirit to be the church every day of the week everywhere. We're empowered by the Holy Spirit to be the church, the representation of him everywhere with every person. Not just on a Sunday morning for an hour and a half and check the box. But literally when I walk out on a Monday morning, you walk out on a Monday morning, you go to work. On a Monday morning, I was chatting with some of our guys yesterday. You can, as a believer, you can go to work and add value to people or take it away. I remember in the military, again, British Navy, the, the American military would never do this. But in the British Navy, I used to work with people that just I used to break my heart. Because they would always point at their stripes on their shoulder and tell people, just do as you're told. See these bars? I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, there's your, I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, but Rob, you should wear your hat. I don't want to have to wear my hat. Like, it ruins my hair. I mean, look at my gorgeous hair. I mean, seriously. 
I should never have to use them to motivate people. I should just add value to people. Just see somebody. Just call them by their name, not by a number. Recognize, ask about their life, not just the job they do. And like, God, oh, that's just not how it works. I need it done in these little, they call it little man syndrome. You know, it would be like, and I'm like, why don't you say someone's going to break your finger? Like, or it's me maybe. And then I'll repent and ask Jesus to forgive me. And he was one of my kind of equals in the other departments. Like, how come you don't do that? Because Jesus actually values people more than he values tasks. He cares about people. My friend passed away. See, your message is needed for somebody somewhere today. Not in retirement because retirement may not come for some people. What might it look like? In that sense, my friend, mentor, and pastor, Jerry Cook, all you know, kind of the banners at the back, actually, the Love, Acceptance, Forgiveness is actually of Jerry's book called Love, Acceptance, Forgiveness, because I love people unconditionally. I accept people as they are because they're made in God's image. And I walk in the spirit of forgiveness towards people because people, Jesus walked in that towards me. And that's my simple gospel message. I know it's probably too simple for some people. But if you get that right, you don't need anything else. <laughs> if you honestly, we could honestly, unconditionally, unconditionally of Everybody, not our best friends, us four in our Kumbaya club, us four and no more, right? I love my four friends, but the stranger I don't. Well, then that's not love. It's not unconditional love. Our acceptance is not approval of people, right? Just accept them simply because they're making God's image. Forgiveness, I need forgiveness constantly, and so why doesn't somebody else need it in that sense? But in Jerry's book, he writes this, the church is people redeemed, filled with the Holy Spirit, equipped to serve meeting needs everywhere in Jesus' name. I mean, that is what it means to be a believer of Jesus, is the church is people redeemed and filled with the Holy Spirit, equipped to serve meeting needs everywhere in Jesus' name. What are those needs? Shaking someone's hand, stopping and fixing a flat tire, helping a mother or a single mom or whoever buy some, buy some groceries because everybody struggles at some time. I mean, we've all been there, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Shaking someone's hand, serving downstairs in kids' ministry, serving upstairs, going to work and honoring your boss. Now, none of you would ever say this, but... Here's what I hear from most people. If I was a supervisor, I'd do a better job. But Gary, he's miserable. Here's all the things that's wrong with my supervisor, but none of them are wrong with me until you look in the mirror and discover you've got all of them and some, right? Rather than going to work and being a Jesus follower, because I don't work under anybody. But in the military, it's the king now. She used to be the queen. The queen Elizabeth was my boss, okay? I never worked for her in the British Navy. I always worked for him because she at any given time could have a bad day. That she at any moment could have a hiccup and, and make a mistake. And all of a sudden, I'd make a judgment. I no longer have to work because they failed. But here's the truth. He's never failed. And he actually says, work is unto the Lord, not as unto your supervisor or boss. See, the goal of the church on Monday is to make the way. That, that's one of the titles of the things that Christians were called in, in the first century, way back at the beginning. Present and visible through... Us in the world where people are lost and searching for something. That's our calling. That's the whole idea of your message actually mattering. See, Sunday's a celebration, absolutely. But it's an expression. It's a place for us to practice that expression on Sunday so we can go and apply it Monday through Saturday. So I can go to work and add value to somebody. I can go to work and I can intentionally, rather than look for the mistakes of my boss, I've said it before so often, people come to church and they see the black dot on the white shirt. They just never see the white shirt. We find the reasons why we shouldn't rather than the reasons why we should. Like at work, that idea of how can I go be Jesus Monday through Saturday? Sometimes the question can be this. How good was the message today? And I, I guess that's a fair question. But what if there was an even more powerful way to ask that question? 
and change it. Rather than being, how good was the message today? What if we asked it as, how good was my message today? How good is my message today? When I'm interacting and engaging with people, what, what are they experiencing from me? What am I giving off? What are they receiving? What are they kind of walking away with? What are they remembering me for? Why does our message matter more than the message that we hear here on a Sunday? Because our message or our life is there to point people to the love of Jesus 24-7. That's bottom line. My life is supposed to be a conduit that points people to Jesus 24-7. He's not a taskmaster. I'm sorry if you've grown up that way. Jesus is not a taskmaster. He's a sacrificing Savior who gave his life for you and I, that we would find freedom. He doesn't give me a set of rules and regulations. He gives me a set of guidelines and helpful hints. I mean, here's a, Rick, a sensible one. Don't cheat on Andrea. Well, duh. Why? Because your marriage will fall apart. And I don't mean cheat with another woman. Oh, sorry. I mean, I don't mean just cheat with another woman. I mean cheat with anything that's your mistress. What? Mistress is more than your wife. It can be your hobby. It can be your job. It can be your stuff. It can be that thing that's got four tires sitting in the garage. Can be anything that's that's replaced at that place of intimacy and love. Same as with Jesus. He doesn't want anything in my life to be a mistress, including Andrea. And I love Andrea. She's the coolest chick in the world, the best friend I ever had. But she's second in my life. Jesus is always first. That one of these days, God forbid, well, actually, we've got it worked out. He's actually taken me first. Because he would never leave me on my own, because I would starve to death, couldn't get in the bank accounts, I couldn't do anything, because she's a rock star and all of that. But here's the thing: when she goes to be with the Lord. I love you, honey. I do. But my security, my stability, my true north will be found in him and him alone. My mom has been single for literally 30 years. I remember asking her a few years in, hey, mom, do you want to? She goes, nah, I was a one-man woman. And then she goes, and by the way, honey, he's the coolest guy in the world. I was just like, what? She goes, Rob, Jesus is the coolest most powerful friend I've ever had. You introduced me to him all those years ago. He's been my best friend ever since. Yeah, I miss your daddy. I wish he was here, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But my security, my stability is in that person you introduced me to all those years ago. I have a personal relationship with a living Savior called Jesus. See, her message matters to somebody somewhere, and so does yours. You see, your message is designed to be taken out of the sanctuary and into the streets. It's never, it was never designed to be kept here. It was never designed just to be in this place. And, and so often, and this is probably the part where I'm going to cross some lines and see my wife, she'll fix it. Um, my mentor, I don't know if there's a picture of the book, is there, Kalia? Yeah, my, my mentor, Jerry Cook, wrote the book, Monday Morning Church. Um, one of the things he says is that um, the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit were never primarily designed for the sanctuary. They were designed for the street. Chicken, Christians just chickened out and just reduced them to the building. They were never primarily designed for us to use in celebration here. That was the icing on the cake. The cake is that we would take them to the streets on Monday through Saturday, to the lives that Jesus has placed us in in people's lives. That can't happen with just one message. It needs to be all of the message together, represented by the message through us. Jerry wrote this in the book. The church on Sunday is great. I love it and enjoy it. But what I get excited about is the church on Monday, the body of Christ, you and I at work in the world for the sake of the gospel. 
I mean, this is wonderful, and it's a wonderful expression. It's icing on the cake. But the most powerful thing is when we go become the church on Monday morning in our workplaces, in our friendships, in our neighborhoods, and the people that we engage with and share the love of Jesus with them through our life and how we treat them, the way God designed it to be. See, the first step is to understand that you and I are strategically placed right where you are right now, and that it's bigger than just a job location. I'm sorry, you didn't just pick your job if you're a believer. Jesus actually placed you there for a bigger purpose. It's about life transformation for somebody dad wants to impact through our lives on Monday morning, as it were, where you are right now. Here's what I mean. Each redeemed spiritual Christian has been strategically placed by Jesus, the Lord of the church, and where each believing man or woman lives and works is part of that strategy. Where you're living right now, where you've been placed right now, is part of his strategy to transform and change people's lives. See, Christians are people of destiny, purposefully placed by God deep inside our culture. You and I are ministers of the gospel, deployed as teachers, engineers, police officers, baristas, moms, dads, neighbors, etc., etc. You name whatever your job title is. Whatever your title is, you've been placed there for a bigger purpose than just what you do as a job. See, the church is not... An activities list. The church's people, it's you and I, actively living out his message through our lives, if you want to. Right? If I, if I enjoy being in a relationship and loving Andrea, it comes out in my life and expressions. If I don't, it comes out in my life and expression. If I don't enjoy it, if the Jesus thing is just checking the box and it's just a kind of another thing on my to-do list, then that's what comes out. Father's Day, a father came and spoke to me about my Father's Day message. It was a little bit edgy for him, some of the things I said, and I apologized after I explained myself. And he said, how can you expect men to lead their family spiritually? So I didn't. He did. I didn't write the book. I just quoted it. He actually did. He called me to, to, to lead and to model for Andrea and my girls what Jesus means to me. Again, I'm... I'm I'm, forgive me for being an excited dad. I have a 20-year-old who serves in Phoenix at a church in Phoenix and it's the youth ministry and young adult leadership. And we were chatting the other day and she said, Dad, what if Jesus has called me to do ministry full-time? I was like, oh, God. I was like, what, Megan? She goes, what if God's called me to do that? I said, run 10,000 miles. I'm just being really honest with you. Run 10,000 miles unless unless that's all you can do. And give God your everything. But just know this, baby, it will cost you everything. Everything. And she said, I know. I've watched you. I've watched you live out your Christian faith Monday through Sunday. Not just on Sunday, Daddy. I'm so proud of you. I'm so glad to be called your daughter. Your message matters somewhere to somebody. Dads, don't ask me to raise your children spiritually. You do it, and I'll support you 110%. Don't ask our youth pastor to build your kids spiritually. He'll do it. You do it, and he'll add icing to the cake. Don't ask the children's ministry to raise your kids spiritually. You do it. We'll add icing to the cake because your message matters to somebody Somewhere, and it might just be in your own home right now. 2 Corinthians 5 says this. We, you and I, are ambassadors of the anointed one who carried the message of Christ to the world. 
as though God was tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips, our message, or our lives. So we tenderly plead with you as Christ, on Christ's behalf, turn back to God and be reconciled to him. Everybody's looking for the answer, and the only place to find the answer is in his presence. There's a lot of fantastic programs, a lot of fantastic things out in the world that really are meaningful, really, really meaningful. But the only thing that truly changes a person at the deepest of levels is the presence of the living God living in their life and working through their life. See, we're vessels of reconciliation. We all get to give off something each day. It's either an aroma or an odor, but it's always one of them. Here's the thing. Your message, it will either attract people or it will repel people. It will either draw people to him or it will draw and drag. People away from him. Everybody, well, most people love Hawaii. Why? Because of the aromas that you're giving off as soon as you step on the island. First thing I went to Hawaii, first time years ago, I was like, whoa. What did we get off the plane? I was like, what is that? Like, that's the most coolest aroma smell in the world, Dre. Right? Like, I don't know. Never been here before. I was like, hello, thank you. Walked around the corner. There was dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of ladies from Hawaii dressed up in just incredible dresses with lays on and Hawaiian music playing and dancing. And the aroma hit me before I ever saw them. Before I ever saw them. 2 Corinthians 2.15 says, We have, or our message has become the unmistakable aroma of the victory of the anointed one to God, a perfume of life to those being saved and an odor to death, those who are perishing. When you fall in love with Jesus, when you allow him to change your life, it becomes an unmistakable aroma, unmistakable. And she, for years, has given us an aroma in our kids' ministry, in our worship ministry, and with me as a friend. And I love you so, so much. And I've always loved you like my own kid. Thank you for adding to my life and making it. Can I kiss your wife? Thank you. What does yours smell like? I, I, this is fun. This is easy. They, they come in again and do you know, I mean, the worship team, seriously, if you can't enjoy worship with these guys, you're dead. <laughs> I, I'm sorry if you can't let you. I, I don't mean me disrespect. If you can't, I mean, just see their hearts. I mean, stand up, young lady. I mean, she's literally two years old, two years old plus some tax. And if you, like that, do that, do that. When she's up there, she's not like this. Praise God, hallelujah. She's like into it. You, how old are you? You're a 15-year-old. No, don't, don't clap. You're a 15-year-old invite you into the kingdom. And some of us go, it's too warm. It's awfully warm in here. Or, or it's too cold. Or That person's way too close to me. Or whatever it is, that's not an aroma. That's an odor. Right? In your workplace, what do you give off? This is terrible, and I probably need to apologize. But please, please, for God's sake, don't tell people you're from Crossroads if you give off an odor at work. Oh, no, nobody's clapping on that one. <laughs> I'm serious. We either give off an odor or we give off an aroma. 
We either drive people away and repel people, or we attract people. His loving kindness, his loving aroma in his life draws us to a place of wanting to change and repent. Not drags us, not beats us, not guilts us, not shames us. His loving aroma draws me to a place where I want it to affect my life and change me, where I want it to be coming off of my life after he comes to my life and it becomes a part of my life, that it would come off of my life. See, truthfully, you and I might be the first and only version of the Bible some people ever get to experience. You might be the only version of the Bible somebody ever gets to experience. I wonder what they'll read on your pages. You might be the only aroma or odor they ever get to experience reference to the church thing. Yeah, but you don't understand my boss. He's a, I can't say that in church. I'm sorry, Lord. He's not a very nice person or she's not a very nice person. I don't care. You don't work as under your boss or your supervisor. We work as unto the Lord if we're believers. Our, our, our aroma comes from what he brings to our life, not what our boss or our supervisor brings to our life. See, people experience our message before they ever get to experience this message. Before they ever come and listen to somebody like that's trying his best to hopefully communicate the gospel in a way that, that is tangible and that's, that's manageable and takeable and usable. Before they ever experience this message or this message here, they experience your message, our message in the streets and the highways and the byways in the workplace. Why? Because we don't push a program, but more so we want to reveal a person the message of our life, or you could say our lifestyle. Why is our message about Jesus so essential for people? Because I said it, one person can't get everywhere, but lots of people can. Philly, I'd like to show the discipleship video, if you don't mind. So when you're ready, guys, sit back and enjoy this. Maybe ask yourself, I wonder if God asked you to do this, would you, would you become one of these for him? Thank you.
I'm not asking you. Yeah, okay. Thank you. I'm not asking you to be perfect because that's what religion does, and I'm really sorry if that's been your experience. I'm just asking you to be available. Last week, a um, young man stood with me, and when our message is magnified, and it goes from being private to becoming public, it changes and impacts people's lives. Last Sunday, a young man came and stood up here with me because he wanted to get water baptized. See, Jesus doesn't care about what we know. He just cares that we know him. And it's not about passing a PhD or MDiv or master's or whatever. It's actually just simply placing our faith in him and saying, I want to pursue and follow him. And a young man came and got in this tub, and it's just water. There's nothing special about the water. There is the symbol of what the water represents. It's huge. But the water is just water. The young man came and stood here last week and said, well, I want to get baptized. And Shannon did an amazing job of getting this kid ready. And he went up here and he got water baptized. And a whole bunch of kids came to her, I think that Sunday or, or during the week, and said, hey, I'd like to do what Mason did. So we got four or five. I can't remember exactly what the number was. She has four or five kids that came after and said, hey, can I get water baptized? Well, of course you can because we don't make anybody get water baptized. And we should never do that. It's a personal decision. Jesus meets people right where they're at. Whether you're 45 years or four or five or six years old, he meets them in that moment. And he meets their faith, not my faith, right? And so there's some other kids that Shannon's walking through the process that because of Mason going public from it being private, impacted. See, his message mattered to somebody somewhere. And that was kids in our service last week in that sense. Why? Because why is it so important? Oh, gosh. And I do need to ask your forgiveness for this because please hear let me finish before you react or process it please 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 hear me. I've said this before and I offend people and I never mean to but it's the truth why does your message matter to somebody somewhere because good people don't go to heaven because of good works that they try to do I'm sorry good works don't get you into heaven a personal relationship, a life transformation relationship with the living Savior is what gets us into heaven. I don't do good works so Andrea will love me. I do good works because Andrea loves me. I don't do good works so Jesus will love me. I do good works because he loves me because I love to serve him that way. And so I'm sorry if you brought up with something else. Your good works will never get you in because here's the thing. Justin, stand up. If Justin's good works gets him in, then how do I get there if I don't make it up there? If I don't make it up to where Justin's good works are, what about me with all my good works? Or is it Justin's good work that sets the standard? It's not, because I love Justin, but he's messed up. Are you? And so am I. But here's the standard you can hold to, is Jesus' good work for you. That's the standard. He paid the price on the cross, a gift that was given for salvation. But then it stirs something. When you fall in love with somebody, you love to do stuff for them, or you should. When you're passionately intimate and involved with somebody, you love to express who they are through how you interact with them in relationship. And that's what makes the, the difference. Why? Because in Revelations 12, 11, in the message version, it says that they defeated him through the blood of the lamb. That's the price that Jesus paid for the sacrifice for our sins. And the bold word of their witness, of their testimony, of their message, of their story. By what Jesus has done for me and what Jesus is doing in and through me. 
That's why your message matters to somebody somewhere. Because some see our lives preach a sermon. Is our message drawing people closer to Jesus? Or sadly, is it driving them away from Jesus? Jason, worship team, would you come? We're going to close with a song here in a second. Let me ask you a question in closing, if you don't mind. How do we keep our message fresh and alive? It's really simple. We prioritize it, and we invest in it first. I mean, you prioritize it, and you invest in it first. You prioritize it, and you invest in it first. How do you keep the message that Jesus wants to place in your life and literally ooze out of your life fresh? You prioritize it, and you invest. I don't mean religiously. I just mean love the people that God's placed around you because he loved you. I mean, literally just prioritize being with him on a daily basis. I said something the other day with some of our men, and I just, I'm Irish, and I get all excited. And someone said, well, why do you do the things you do? I said, well, here's the one thing. And please, if this is offensive, this is really a bad morning this morning. Um, if this is offensive, it just, God told me not to do it. Like, I don't watch Saturday Night Live. Why? Because it teaches you to mock women and make jokes about people and be sarcastic and yada, 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 and win the conversation. I don't want to bring that home to Andrea. Like, I don't, I don't spend time around guys who mock their wives. I love them, but I, I don't want to become like that. I want to be, like, I know people have laughed at me, but I think she's the hottest, sexiest Filipino chick baby in the world that I'm married to. She's my best friend. She's literally, is literally my right leg. Jesus so blew my mind when he added Andrea in my life. And she didn't need me. If anything, and this is probably for religious people, I'm really sorry. I needed her. I so needed her in my life. She's just rock solid as they come. Every morning, 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning, in her chair with her Bible and her notebook with Jesus. I love you, honey, but I need to go be with Jesus. I'm like, oh, here we go again. Pick the other guy over me, whatever. Every day, her whole life I've known her, every single day, finding a moment to be with Jesus, even when we had little ones. She chooses not to see the brokenness in me. She chooses to see life and speak life over me. She chooses not to bring up all the mistakes I've made. She chooses to bring up the person I should focus on so I don't go on making the mistakes. How do you keep your message fresh and alive? We prioritize and invest in it. Let me read this to you, then I'll hand over to Jason. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says this. Are you weary? Carrying a heavy burden? Come to me. I'll refresh your life, for I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine. If you're going to make a choice of who to join your life with, start here. Start here. If you want an oasis place, to find that place of genuine peace, start there. Simply join your life with his. Invite him to come and be a part of you number two is this it says learn my ways and you'll discover that I'm gentle humble and easy to please you'll find refreshment and rest in me everything I require you will be pleasant and easy to bear number two how do you keep it fresh you protect it this is probably a I'm sorry if this is offensive I'm sorry it's the truth it's Jesus only not Jesus plus a bunch of other stuff it's Jesus he only justifies 
because of what he did. Not his justification and then me helping him. He justifies and pays the ultimate price. And then he puts me into a process of sanctification. Prioritize and invest in it in this season. Give Jesus some time. I promise you, and I've said this before, I dare you to give him seven minutes a day for seven days, for seven weeks. And I promise you, if it doesn't change at the end of it, I'll come with you wherever you want to go. I mean that most sincerely. You give him seven minutes. I don't mean rush seven minutes, squeezed in just to get by. I mean deliberately, like you set aside watching The Bachelorette. Oh, or, 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 just, or football on the Monday night. Come hell or high water, don't disturb that time. I dare you to come hell or high water to give Jesus seven minutes and let nothing disturb it for seven days a week for seven, seven days a week for seven weeks. And I promise you, if he doesn't affect you and change you, I'll come with you wherever you want to go. I mean that most sincerely, because I'd bet my life on it. If you give him seven minutes of intentionality for seven days for seven weeks, I promise you he'll speak to you because he says this, if you seek me, you'll find me. If you seek me, you'll find me. If you seek me, you'll find me. If you need close and intimacy, then your message matters to somebody somewhere. For God's sake, please don't let it just be a Sunday morning check in the box. This sounds irreligious and we're way late and I'm so sorry, but we're doing this song. Jason, can you help me fix this? Please hear me. I would rather that you go love people with the little Jesus you have right now and mean it than attend attend another's Bible study. Jerry used to say, in the 21st century, if you've been a believer for more than three years, you've acquired more Christian knowledge than you'll ever be able to apply in your lifetime. Stop acquiring knowledge and go and apply knowledge. One person. Okay, that's good. I'm sorry. It's probably bad. But when we're not willing and we're a little bit chicken to take on the world, we hide in Bible studies. sorry when when i'm not willing to go be my message in monday through friday we hide in bible studies and worship nights and church services we go i I checked my box i did it jesus doesn't want this for you just here he wants your message to be shared with somebody somewhere because somebody needs it because kobe needed it six days before he passed away or six hours before he passed away or six minutes before he passed away my friend on the golf course, fortunately, I was able to share the gospel with him, and I find out a few weeks later he'd gone to be with his maker because it was over in a flash. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know how powerful or effective your message is for you, but I'd like to to close with this. I, I, I didn't ask her permission, so I'll ask forgiveness afterwards. How powerful is your message? Jen Dunning, would you stand up, please? No, no, listen. Stand, please, Jen. See, she was in Chick-fil-A, and she was wasted 
absolutely exhausted and tired. Not drunk. No, yes, thank you. <laughs> Clarify, not drunk. It was 11 a.m. She was tired, exhausted from all that she was doing. And there was a young lady sitting in Chick-fil-A who just looked across the room and got her, caught her eye and walked over to her and shared her story with her. The young lady's husband works a really hard job that restricts him from being at church on a Sunday. And because of Jen's willingness to let her message have some meaning outside of church on a Sunday morning, the young lady has found a home here with us at Crossroads. Because she tried other places, but because her husband couldn't be with her because he, he's serving us in a specific role, a specific job on a Sunday right now, couldn't go with her. People judge the book by the cover instead of getting into the contents. But that young lady, because of Jen's message being shared in Chick-fil-A, tired as she was, exhausted as she was, maybe at the end of her rope as she was that day, just everything, just, uh. but Jen went, uh. Lord, I, I don't have much today, but what I do is yours to use whoever you see fit. And that message shared in Chick-fil-A, not a 13-point Bible study, please forgive me, I, I think you should study the Bible, I just think you should apply the Bible first. Not a 13-point Bible study about how thick the curtain was and the veil and all that sort of stuff. Nothing against that. It's actually living our life out on Monday morning with people who God's place life who are broken and searching and hurting and need someone just to wrap their arms around them. And Jen did. That young lady and her family have found a home here. And she's 150% welcome in this place until her husband gets a job shift schedule change and then we'll get to meet him. But you won't until then because he works every Sunday. I won't tell you what job he does, not your business. But he works every Sunday because he's at the, at the bottom of the totem pole. But she and her kids have found a home here because that young lady allowed her message to be shared. So do me a favor. Would you stand this morning? And would you, together with our worship team, let's close with this worship song together. And if you can, just think through and go, Lord, where might you want my message to be shared this Monday through Saturday? Who would you want my message to be shared? And how can I do it in representing your name, Jason? Thank you.
maybe some areas that have an odor in your life more so than an aroma. You go, Dad, I need you to, I need you to refresh me in this specific area. Because here's the thing, the longer we leave an odor in place, the more it impacts everything else. The more longer you leave an aroma in place, the more it impacts everything else. Just heads by eyes closed. If you this morning, Lord, I know you're speaking to me just about an area I need to allow you to bring a fresh aroma in. Give me a favor, just slip your hand up, put it down. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Put it down. Put it down. Thanks. I want to ask our prayer teams to come and join me up front um, this morning. And then I'm going to close the service. And if that's you and you slip your hand up, say, Lord, I need to address an area in my life that really needs to have an aroma replaced, an odor replacing it with an aroma. I'm going to ask you when we close the service in a minute. Andrea, would you come? Gary and Vi, would you come, please? I'm going to ask you in a minute when the service is over, we'll release you because kids are downstairs and I want to bless Nathan and our team and I'm sorry for going a little bit over. But please, I beg you, I beg, please don't go home if you sense an area that has an odor lurking with you. Come and, and, and just stand with somebody. Go, hey, would you pray with me? Because I, I really want God to replace it in my life. I want to have an aroma permeating my life, not just odors that I allow to come and go, because they don't come and go. Because if I bring an odor home, I take it into every room in the house. I take it into every interaction in the house with Andrea. When I'm in a place of struggling with myself and struggling with what's going on, I, I have to talk it out with her and ask Andrea to come pray with me or she'll come and go, hey, what's wrong, baby? Please, please, let me pray with you. Let me, let, let's just stop. I'm like, oh, I can deal with this. She goes, yeah, you can. You just stinketh. <laughs> you don't smell good, honey. You stink. I'm like, I love you too. But because she loves me, she takes my hand because we can do this together. We, we can do this together. Don't do it on your own. Don't fight this fight on your own. Let's do it together as a partnership because we're on the same team, her and I. We're not playing for different. We're on the same team. Maybe a different number for different roles, but we're on the same team. So this morning as we, I'm going to close in prayer. Please, if you slip your hand up and you know God's journey, please, I beg you, don't just leave and go home and check the box and call it good. Let some people stand in agreement. You don't have to tell them what it is. You, you can if you want to. But you don't have to. Hey, Crystal, I, I'm struggling. Would you pray with me? And she's, I'm, yes, look, just yes. So, Dad, would you be with us this morning? Dad, I, I just want my life to give off your aroma to everybody you place around me. That, Lord Jesus, your loving kindness or your loving aroma draws me to a place of wanting to change to become more like you. Lord Jesus, your loving kindness draws me to a place to let you in, to change me at the deepest of levels. If you've never said yes to him this morning, say, Lord, I want Jesus to be the person that creates the aroma in my life. Come and talk with one of us and we'll share with you what it means to invite Jesus to come and transform and change your life at the deepest of levels because he doesn't force his way in. He waits to be invited in. It says he knocks at the door and the handle's on the inside and we open the door and we invite him. Dad, would you be with us today? Would you bless us? Would you protect us? Would you help us to enjoy you, enjoy one another as we, Dad, fellowship as familia, as taklak, in Gaelic, Lord, that we're family because of you, because of who you are in all of our lives. I ask you to bless my brothers and sisters. Be with them, guide them, direct them, Dad, today. I ask in your precious, precious name, Jesus. And all God's people said, go get, go get your kids quickly or Nathan will fire me. Um,
because he's still down there. Please, if you need prayer and you put your hand up, please let people pray with you and stand with you in agreement. God bless. Have a good day.